Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this is going to be a series of probably four or five vodcasts looking at radiation issues. Uh, I was given this title, Dose Optimized CT Imaging, Practical Approach and Future Trends. And I gave this talk as part of um, Radiation Awareness Week at the University of Ottawa. And here's a map. Ottawa is directly north almost of Baltimore. And if you plan on driving there, based on Google Maps, it would only take you about uh, uh, 522 miles and nine hours and nine minutes. Uh, you take the plane from Washington, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. So guess what? So in this talk, what I want to look at with you is the problems with radiation, sort of the issues involved, and some of the solutions to the problem. There's no doubt when you look at CT, we're proud to show how CT has advanced over the years from single slice through dual slice and 4 and 16 and 64 and everything else beyond there. But as we know, the biggest focus these days is on low dose, and low dose is critical. Often this criticism of radiology that usage of radiology has increased. We talk about the ER in this article going up a factor of four between, 2000, between 1997 and 2007. But guess what? In 1995, we hadn't even had four-slice scanners. So the fact that at the 64-slice era in 2007, you increased by a factor of four would be no great surprise just thinking about it conceptually. But also, as Larson says in the article, CT is ideal in the ER provides rapid, minimally invasive, high-res imaging that can quickly direct patients towards further treatment when the results are positive and provide reassurance when the results are negative. It's important to remember that a negative result is not an unnecessary study. Rule out appendicitis, negative. Patient goes home, doesn't go to surgery, no unnecessary laparoscopic procedure. Patient has chest pain, rule out coronary artery disease. CT, negative. Great. Patient's discharged. It's not kept around for 12 to 36 hours for more monitoring. So negative does not mean an unnecessary study. Great article, and I've referred to this before by uh, Abjuda and Jim Thrall at the Mass General, looking at whether CT is used wisely in the non-traumatic patient. So they looked at their ER setting, and they looked, most common diagnoses were renal colic and intestinal obstruction. That's not a surprise. But look what CT did at a very good institution, hopefully with very smart doctors. It altered the leading diagnosis in 49% of patients, increased diagnostic certainty from 70 to 92%, management plan changed in 42%. 79 patients were on their way to surgery. And in a quarter of these patients, the patients were sent instead of surgery was sent home. So massive impact. And the authors concluded that CT in the non-traumatic abdominal complaint uh, scenario increased physician certainty and changed planned management decisions. And whether you're a lab test or a radiology exam, that is what you want to be doing, increasing certainty and changing management. The authors did, of course, mention that you need to weigh the benefits and the risks, which we all agree on, but the article very strongly shows that CT is the way to go. Now, when we look at x-rays, x-rays have a long history, it's over 100 years, but we've gone from times where we were fitting shoes with x-rays to where we have uh, people in the airport uh, protesting having to go through airport scanners, which basically have no radiation issues. And you can see in this guy, you know, just upset by these security issues and the Pi Allied Pilots Association, we're going to pick it. 
Now, of course, they're not complaining when they fly an airplane cross-country or to Europe and they're getting increased dose in the cockpit. And they're not even listening to the FDA, which talks about the health risks, the health risks being minuscule. And their point was that any radiation, even if it's, you can't even measure it, is of consequence. So we talk about risk-reward. Peter Rez at Arizona State made the point that you have a much higher chance of getting hit by lightning in one year than getting cancer from one of these scans. And I don't think any of us are afraid to go outside now. Uh, I probably wouldn't go outside flying a kite, holding a key in my hand or something. But uh, beyond that, you know, Ben Franklin, that's a joke. Uh, but beyond that, you know, it's risk-reward. Now, when you go back and look at the issues, really there were two articles in 2007 that really drove sort of the frenzy about radiation. And perhaps to that point, we weren't as tight about things as we could have been. So maybe these articles did help drive some change. And both of these articles have two, several things in common. One is it was statistics and it was guess or risk estimates. It wasn't based on actual patients. And so this article, looking at cardiac CT, and for whatever reason, cardiac CT became the lightning point. That they said the lifetime risk for a scan was 1 in 143 for a 20-year-old female and 1 in 3261 for a male. Now, of course, the doses they're quoting are much higher than doses we gave then or even give now, but they talked about the risk. And Brenner went so far as to say that 2% of cancers in the U.S. may be due to CT, which there's no proof of any of that stuff. And that article in the England Journal of Medicine during RSNA week was a total joke. If we say that one-third of all CTs are not justified by medical need and it appears to be likely, how does he know? I've never seen an article like that. Is your practice like that? I don't know anyone's practice who's like that. So talking about this unnecessary radiation to patients, extrapolating data is just plain crazy. And if you look back, you know, even in the worst of times or the earliest days of CT, cardiac, when we were doing retrospective routinely and it was up to 15 to 20 millisieverts, people became very upset with that, but no one said a word about the fact that spec thallium stress tests were 25 to 30. And in many cases, they were done yearly. Articles uh, are a real challenge because you're trying to get data that is very difficult. There's an article looking at radiation risk in pregnancy. This was in Ontario, and I showed this article in part because I was in Canada. And the authors were good, and they said, although major radiologic testing is now performed in about 160 pregnancies in Ontario, the absolute risk of childhood malignancy remains about 1 in 10,000. Since the upper confidence limit of the relative risk of malignancy may be as high as 1.8 times that of an unexposed pregnancy, we cannot exclude the possibility that the fetal exposure to CT or radionuclide imaging is carcinogenic. But they really couldn't prove it because the data didn't support it. And so their thing was, we cannot exclude. And they were very good. They said, look, if you need a study, do the study. You can explain to the patient who may feel upset that there is some risk, but the risk is indeed very low. Now, all of this noise, all of this worry, you know, made the FDA come front and center where the FDA, which had essentially not got involved with radiation issues at all, became very much front and center. 
here was this initiative to reduce unnecessary radiation exposure from medical imaging. There were articles in the literature that probably didn't make radiology look good. This article looking at the various trauma centers in the state of Washington, showing that there was so much variation in scan protocols and a tenfold variation in effective dose for a baby. Now, again, there's different scanners, old and new, but nevertheless, obviously, it seems like we weren't paying attention if things vary by a factor of 10. Or this article from Duke talking about in their institution, PE protocols, depending on systems, varied by a factor of two, and chest, abdomen, and pelvis protocols by a factor of three, and the fact that on a semen scanner, you had less dose for PE than a GE scanner, but for a head CT scanner, you had less dose on a G than a Siemens. And we also know, as this article shows, there were multiple scanners in the institution of varying ages, and older scanners often had higher doses. So there was a lot of things that we really can't control. At Hopkins, we just opened a new hospital. I have all flashes, which is about the lowest dose you can get scanners. For the first time, I have machines that are exactly the same. I don't have to worry about different machines and different doses. But that's a practical issue for most patients, for most places. Now, also, this article by Sodexin made the point that you know, one of the issues is that there's a group of patients, although a small group, that are potentially at a higher risk due to recurrent CT imaging. And the old days, we all remember those thick film jackets. Now they're not thick film jackets anymore, but there's long lines on the computer monitor. And uh, you can see in this article why most patients accrue low radiation-induced cancer risk from cumulative CT exposures. Incremental risks are estimated to exceed 1% above baseline in 7% of scanned patients. And in their article, they showed that 5% of patients underwent between 22 and 132 examinations. And look at the cumulative dose, 4% between 250 and 1375 millisieverts. So again, very high in select patients. You know those patients, maybe sickle cell disease, chronic pancreatitis, the repeat offenders. But again, that is really an issue. Then the other thing that really has probably hurt radiology or made us seem like we weren't paying attention is the variation in practice. I was on this committee looking at the use of non-contrast CTs followed by contrast CTs in the chest. Now, why would you do a non-contrast CT in the chest and get a contrast scan? Well, potentially you found a nodule and you want to look at vascularity. Maybe it's an AVM. That's a possibility. You're looking for a dissection and you want to make certain there's no intramural hematoma. That's a possibility. But that's a small percent of cases. And so most institutions, you're well under 5%. Well, guess what? Some institutions were 70 and 80%. And sure enough, look what happens. New York Times. Hospitals perform needless double CT scans record show. And they even put a chart up. And you can look at your area and your hospital. And you can see those red dots. Those are all places where 30% of more of the patients, even in the outpatient setting, and this is the outpatient setting, got non-contrast and contrast. And someone could say, aha, you get paid more for doing non-contrast and contrast, which is true, but we don't do things for payment, or hopefully we don't, but this is what the general public is getting. Look at all of those red and orange dots. That's really bad. And then, of course, you have people like Walt Bogdanovich, has won four Pulitzer Prizes. The guy is a leading reporter. Only a few people have won that many Pulitzer Prizes. One was Walt Whitman. I can't remember the other two. And he came and spoke at a meeting I ran for the American College of Radiology about a year ago. And he's spectacular. And when I spoke to him and asked him why he looked at radiation, he goes, someone told him something? 
And when he hears things, he looks into it. And when he looked into it, he wasn't getting the right answers. And one thing led to another. And so you look at his articles. Downstate, x-rays of babies are faulted. West Virginia, overrated brain patients. Unshielded infants. Radiation worries for children. I mean, all of these type things, one after another after another. The dentists, then the FDA getting involved. Then the California oversight, which because of the overdoses, the Cedars-Sinai incident where patients had perfusion scans, stroke issues, safety features not in, radi in radiology machines, all of those things. Now, the good news is, or maybe the bad news for him, he finished second in the Pulitzer Prize for this article. But those articles were very real articles. He just reported the facts, and the facts did not make us look very good. And so the FDA gets involved. Joint Commission's JCO makes radiation a sentinel event. Radiation risk of diagnostic imaging. Are you kidding me? JCO usually talks about contaminated drugs or bad safety on devices, but now we've reached that level. But, you know, things that are written about often aren't true or it's just something to fill space in a newspaper, and I'm going to show you. Here's my best example. New York Times, August 20th, just a month ago. Radiation, like alcohol, is a double-edged sword, okay? Goes into all of the risk. Nothing new in this article. But look at the things. Talk about increased use. Many reasons. Doctors who bought equipment tend to use it liberally to recoup the expense. Doctors ordering tests suffer no adverse effects. And patients feel they're getting the most that modern medicine can offer. That doesn't sound very good. And then saying, look, for example, coronary scans for coronary calcification. These are not of any use. This is totally a waste of time. It's no science. Well, first of all, that's not true. And it's particularly interesting that less than 48 hours, New York Times, front page of the science section. What does it say? Calcium test is the way to go for, for predicting heart attack risk. The science section tends to be science. The other op-ed tends to be op-ed. And when you read the article that this referred to, this article by Nasir talking about the uh, fact that cardiac disease is leading killer, 25 million people will die of stroke or heart disease, with 80% of the burden occurring in developing countries, in half the patients, the initial presentation of coronary artery disease is either myocardial infarction or sudden death. And with the best risk factors, you know better than 80%, and most people will say less than that. But look, coronary artery calcium scoring is an independent predictor of coronary artery disease and improves the ability to predict risk in vulnerable groups, adding information beyond global risk assessment methods. And in zero, calcium score stands as perhaps the most powerful negative risk factor for developing of a cardiac event or coronary event. And then you look, guidelines are being made. National Institutes for Health and Clinical Excellence has guidelines that have acknowledged the role of calcium scoring in layered testing among patients with chest pain. High-risk patients, calcium scoring is not going to be helpful. They need to be managed aggressively. But on low or intermediate risk, calcium scoring has a major role. So, in fact, we have to be very careful because what the public is hearing is two very different stories. And those stories do indeed become very, very important to what they need to do. 
Now, again, this whole thing with the media, there was an article by Dower talking about the issues with media, the stigmatization of radiation in medicine because of this perceived seriousness, that this social amplification, things get put out of control. They, they take on a life of their own. You know, Marin makes the point that we need to be as safe as possible. And although there is no scientific evidence showing a causative relationship between CT radiation dose and cancer risk, because many of the articles with the linear no-threshold model make certain assumptions, but we still need to be as careful as possible. Balter makes the point. Too much attention to radiogenic risk may distract attention from other risks and potential benefits that may not be in the patient's best interests. And he goes on to say, you know, that radiogenic cancers are a late statistical risk because of a latent period of years to decades between radiation and clinical cancer. There's no risk if the patient does not live long enough to manifest as cancer. So you got to use CT correctly. You have to make the right decisions. And this craziness, uh, which impacted many patients, is not a good thing. So yes, we need to look at the doses, and we need to make sure the doses are as low as possible. Now, the first thing we should look at is how we come to this information. What is really the facts about the risk of radiation? And why don't we do this? Let's start on this topic when we come back. See you in a few minutes. <music> 